Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Uh, so today is, what is it? It is uh, Saturday, December 5th. It is just short of 1 p.m. local time here in Denver. And this is episode 14, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, uh, let's get right into it. I'm, I'm trying something a little bit new today. I got a new microphone, so I'm, I've now taken myself off of the couch where I normally record these things, and I am now sitting at my desk staring at this big black microphone right in front of me, the BBM. And, uh, yeah, so this is a little bit different. I can hear my own voice through the thing. You know, I've got headphones plugged into it, so now, <clears throat> excuse me, I am listening to everything that's happening as it's happening, which is interesting, you know, more than just my ears listening to what's coming out of my mouth. I have headphones plugged in that directly plug into the mic, so this is, this is different. So uh, I hope this is a little bit better quality and uh, will be better for, say, podcasts in the future where I have Alyssa on here or hopefully maybe even somebody else on here with me since um, it probably gets a little bit monotonous here in my, just my voice. So anyway, um, yeah, what's what's going on in the world of Reese today? So um, I'm not going riding this weekend. I decided uh, not to make plans. A couple of my buddies are, are kind of sick or suspect that they may, may be sick, so it's probably a good idea that we don't. Uh, I did ride like the last three weekends, so... I don't know, I was kind of just looking forward to having this time to, um, well, do some Christmas shopping, which I did earlier today, and then uh, also kind of just hang out and not have to do much. You know, my in-laws were here, as I explained in episode 13, my in-laws were here for quite a while, so this would kind of be the first weekend where I'm just kind of alone, hanging out with the dog, uh, just kind of hanging out, so that's... um, you know, I, I kind of look forward to those times when I can just chill. So this should be good. This should be good. So I figured I'd give this a shot. I got, uh, I think, all the microphone settings all set up, and I'm recording a little bit differently. Before, I used to be recording. I just have, like, a little recording device. It was, like, the size of an old Nokia brick phone with a little lapel mic. So now I've got uh, this fancier mic. I don't have uh, a pop guard. Ernie's kind of, like, foam cover over the thing. I'm just uh, just doing it just raw, you know, kind of out of the box. I, I tune some settings based on some YouTube videos, and uh, away we go. So, um, yeah, I, I started talking about what... what uh, I, I do this a lot in my podcast. I notice that I will start saying something, and then I'll have a thought, and I'll totally tangent on that, and then I'll never get back to the thought that I was having. So I gotta, I gotta... Try and rectify that, I think, for myself. I feel like I need to rectify that. So getting back to what's going on, um, like I said, I did some Christmas shopping earlier. Don't have much else to do. I have a few more people to buy for, but um, not a whole lot left. So I, that's always like a big thing at the, end of, at the end of the year is Christmas shopping. I'm always like, I'm always hounding Alyssa, like, we need, to, we need to figure this out. We need to figure this out. We need to get this done. And this year, we're still not sure yet if we are going to make the trip back home. Uh, just because, you know, we we don't know how things are gonna go, so we're we're trying to um, trying to feel that out. But we can't wait forever to buy gifts, so we're just we're just going for it. So um, yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, so today, um, like I said, I'm kind of out of sorts here. I'm not, I'm like sitting at my desk, 
Now I've got a standing desk, but I have like a tall chair for my standing desk. So I'm sitting at my desk, just staring at this microphone, like uh, like the two Joshes do with their podcast. And I'm watching the sound bars, you know, going, and I can hear myself. So this is this is definitely new. Um, I do want to give a shout out to my sister-in-law Courtney um, and um, Brianna, her friend. So Courtney Colby and Brianna Ortega, they do a podcast called My Commitment to You, where they talk of talk a lot about um, their fitness journeys and, and um, diet and, and nutrition and things like that. They, they, they both seem very knowledgeable and that type of thing. So um, yeah, check that out if that's something that you're interested in. And um, anyway, Courtney, if you're listening, hey, another shout out to you. Uh, all right, so my topic for today is um, is language. So that's really, really super broad, people. Um, really super broad. Man, I I don't know if it's just this microphone. This is another tangent. I don't know if it's just this microphone or what, but I just it feels so much more professional. Maybe it's because of the setting. I'm used to this setting where I'm sitting right now in front of my computer. It's my work computer. I'm sitting right here and... and um, I'm, I guess I'm used to this being, uh, you know, professional Reese mode, you know, where I, most of the time I'm fairly professional. I mean, we don't rigidly adhere to that with, with my group of, of coworkers, so it's not so bad. But anyway, I need to try and loosen up here. I, I feel so stiff. Maybe, maybe it'll just take a few times. So um, let's get into it. So I said today's topic is language. So I made this big old list. And that is one handy thing about doing this in front of the computer is it's easier to read my list without constantly having to unlock my phone and, and check that out. So um, anyway, so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. As some of you will know, if you listen to my earlier podcasts, I've been chain smoking a whole bunch of Stuff You Should Know, which is, if you haven't listened to it, fantastic podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Chuck and Josh have been doing that podcast in Atlanta since 2008 and they put out like one well I don't know probably up to like three episodes a week since 2008 so needless to say they have a ton of episodes about a lot of interesting topics so you're bound to find something that you're interested in and just the way that they present the topics are very interesting but anyway in maybe one of their episodes I I honestly can't remember I suspect it is because I listen to more of theirs than anything else we uh they talk about um language and one of the specific topics of that particular podcast episode or, or something was um, language, prescriptive versus descriptive. So I'm going to break that down for you. So uh, I would consider myself a prescriptive, prescriptive linguist. I mean, I'm using linguist very, very loosely here. Obviously, I don't study language. I don't really focus on it. But like in the sense that a prescriptive linguist concentrates on how language should be used, and then there's a descriptive uh, language or descriptive language, uh, which is how things are actually used. So I'm going to talk about both of those today and, and a few things. I've got kind of categories of things here which are not really organized very well. So we'll just kind of like jump in and talk about some interesting things, and, and maybe this will just be interesting you for you to think about. So um, I guess I started by saying that I, I would consider myself a prescriptive linguist or somebody who's, who uses, tries to be conscious of and uses prescriptive language. So 
What that means is I try to adhere to what I understand as the way language should be used. And uh, I have since, since listening to that podcast, um, uh, tried to be more, to be less rigid about that, I guess, not adhere so strictly to those rules. So the idea being that you, you adhere to the rules of language and, um, don't allow yourself to change, but language does change. It evolves over time. So that was one thing that I learned and, and I shouldn't, shouldn't try to be so rigid, but I can't help that some of these things kind of irritate me because they, they just seem logically false or logically incorrect. And so I'll I'll kind of get into that. But uh, one of the things that they talk about why people um, are, why people prefer prescriptive language is that they may think that they are becoming irrelevant. And that is, that is certainly a possibility with me. Um, I have never really kept up with the times. Well, I I shouldn't say that. I've, it's been a while since I've really kept up with the times and what kids are saying, and I'm not on social media. So um, I can't really say that I've kept up with what the kids are saying and and the latest uh, lingo. So I have not kept up with the lingo and um, I have not kept up with social media and all that stuff just to see what memes and things are going around. I only get these things secondhand. So in that sense, I'm kind of losing touch and it has never really bothered me consciously that I'm aware of. So maybe it's just a subconscious thing um, that I am, I am potentially fearful that I'm becoming irrelevant and that's why I want people to rigidly adhere to the rules of language. Or it could be just that you know, I have recently learned that language changes and evolves, which, you know, if you think about that, it just makes sense. But um, I should allow it to. I mean, changing in, in evolution is not necessarily a bad thing. So anyway, um, just some, some introspection there. Uh, I do that a lot. Or I try to do that a lot. I think it's something good that we should all do. But anyway, um, let's get into it. So one of the first things is kind of like a pet peeve of mine is the whole like how are you as a greeting. Like when you when you come across somebody in the hallway or whatever, they say, oh, hey, how are you? But that's not what they mean. What they mean is like, hi, like hello, just a greeting. I'm not, I don't, generally speaking, they're not asking you to tell them about how things are going in your life. It's just, hey, how's it going? It, you know, hey, how's it going means just hello. And so that has kind of like always bothered me. So I try not to do that just because I feel like that's, <clears throat> it's inviting something that you're not actually interested in. And you may not even realize that you're doing it. But again, that is descriptive language. That's how it's used, right? So people say, hi, how are you? Most of the time they don't really mean it. But I mean, I guess you could take your cues from like body language to see, are they really asking what's going on in my life? Or are they just being polite, basically? So this next one is is one that has really chapped my ass for a long one, a long time. And I've noticed after having listened to, say, audio files or podcasts from several years ago, that I thought this was more of a recent thing. I thought this was maybe like in the past, like four or five years or something. But it seems to go back much further than that. Is uh, I would be curious. When people say I would be curious, I that that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, that that one kind of skirts the line, but it also seems incorrect to me. So when you say I feel like that this has just evolved. So like it used to be like I would like to know or I'm curious about this or 
you know, I would like to see what's inside that box, you know. Um, you either are curious or you are not curious. The whole, like, I would be curious to see, like, I always, I always stop somebody right there and I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Are you curious or are you not curious? Because, like, just by, just by saying I would be curious, you're probably curious. I mean, like, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth and, and speak for you, but chances are you are curious. And so, like, saying I would be curious, I always say, like, okay, so what are the conditions under which you would be curious? As, you know, people say, I would be curious to see how this event turns out. You know, like, okay, wh what would make you curious? You say you would be, but you know, what are the conditions that need to be satisfied in order for you to be curious about that? Because it seems like you are curious, but you didn't say that. You said, I would be curious. So what does that really mean? So that one, that one kind of chaps my ass, and I, I question people on that. But a lot of times these days, I just let that one go. Um, so... Um, these next things are kind of just, they seem, well, it's kind of a mismatch, so I'm not going to categorize them. Uh, this next one on my list is the whole concept of plurality versus singularity. So like, let's say for instance, a pair of pants, right? Why do we call them a pair of pants if it's one item? You know, you don't buy them at the store as two separate items, you buy them as one, right? But you, we still call them them, right? We don't call it it, like a pant, right? So this is something that the guys at work and I, argued about many years ago and I think I think the consensus was to just call it a trouser but nobody does that we just say a pair of pants or or pants you know just the generic pants so that one's kind of interesting so th this is kind of like a group this is this is a one-liner that has three different words in it but again still talking about plurality versus singularity so like the whole concept of like pliers and scissors in that case um you know, not getting into the background of pants, like the word pants. My understanding of the background of the word pants is it used to be just like essentially two tubes, two sleeves. You put one over one leg, one over the other, and then you would have some kind of like a uh, a stitching system or lacing system that went kind of like down your crotch and up the other side uh, or up the backside, if you will. But like pliers and scissors. So pliers are are a component or they are uh, a an assembly of two components, or let's just say, I'm going to say two components. There's obviously, the, there may be more pieces of the fastener that holds them together and whatnot, but it's two sides, two pliers, right? And same with scissors. So for all in intents and purposes, uh, pliers and scissors uh, are, are two components and kind of one and the same. They're just a, a different variation. Going back here, and I'm going to get back to pliers and scissors. So don't let me don't let me forget that, folks. But um, all intents and purposes, I had to look that one up at one point because I, you know, I heard people say that, and I used to just think it was intensive purposes. So for all intensive purposes, um, you know, just kind of a more of a you hear something and so then you repeat it, and it's kind of one of those things where the phrase may have evolved beyond its original meaning, which is another podcast that I listen to. I think that's probably where this came from. But anyway, um, so getting back to pliers and scissors. So when I was in Wisconsin, and uh, actually this is just more recently talking with people, you know, since I still work with a lot of the folks that live in Wisconsin, um, we have had this conversation of pliers and scissors. And so from my perspective, when you're referring to pliers and scissors, you do not refer to them in the singular. So you know, it it is it is my belief, <clears throat> correct or not, 
that when you say that 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 you need to get this object, right? It is kind of an object, but the object itself is plural. So when you say um, I'm going to use a set of pliers, that seems correct to me. But if you say um, I'm going to use a pliers, that makes no sense to me. Like that's you know I'm going to eat a tacos, like. That just, it violates, it seems like it violates the linguistic linguistic uh, rules of plural versus singular. So the guys in, in Wisconsin would probably disagree and have disagreed with me. And it, it's, it's something that I heard, you know, our VP of engineering has written down. So I know he's aware of it. And, and he, says, he says exactly that. Like he, he refers to scissors and pliers as a scissors and a pliers. And... That just doesn't make any sense to me. So <laughs> I'm going to say that's another one of my pet peeves. So another, another um, uh, the, these next couple of things seem to be things that I learned about uh, differences in speech having lived in Wisconsin for a while. So this next one is um, hammock and, and havoc. So if you look at the, word, the way that those words are spelled, they are spelled with an O. You know, the end of those words like hammock is is ends in O-C-K, which, you know, if you were to use that in most other words, say sock, it's, it's you know, it's it's uh, more of a hard O, ah, you know, whereas in hammock, it's almost as if the O makes like an I sound um, w- when I say it, all right? So then there's havoc, which I say the same way, right? Havoc, it, it, the havoc is spelled H-A-V-O-C, right? And the O in the word havoc, the way that I say it, sounds like an I. And if you go on a Google and you type those words in and you have Google say it back to you, it says it the way that I say it. And so I never thought anything of it. And then when I moved to Wisconsin, I would hear there's two two folks that I had heard that, um, you know, these two words don't really come up all that often, but when they do and you hear them differently, you really notice. So the pronunciation was havoc and hammock. I was like, the first time I heard it, I was like, wait, hold on. What'd you just say? Hammock. And I was like, you mean hammock? Like, (laughs) like I get that that's the way it's spelled, but I've never heard it pronounced that way. So that one, that one almost just seems like a faux pas in English language rules, but still just a very, very like weird thing to hear when you first hear it for the first time, you know, somebody says havoc and you're like, wait, what, what word are you trying to say? You just have to back that up a second. So another, another Wisconsinism is um, Oregon, you know, the state Oregon. Apparently there's some city in Wisconsin that is, is spelled the same way, as far as I understand, but it, they pronounce it Oregon. And uh, they also have uh, New Berlin, right? New Berlin. And it's Berlin, not Berlin. So these are, these are some just pronunciations, right? So that makes sense. That's a city. But like when they refer to the state, Again, this is the O coming off as like an I sound. They say Oregon. Like the on is very, it's like a stressed syllable, Oregon, right? So that was kind of interesting. Um, another one is, um, you've heard the, you've probably heard the saying like, um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to decide between two things and you decide that those two things are, are not different enough, so it doesn't really matter which way you choose. Uh, for instance, um, it doesn't, uh, six of one, half a dozen the other is a pretty common one. So a dozen is 12, half a dozen is six. So you say six one way, half a dozen the other. It's It basically means 
it doesn't really matter which way you choose. They're both essentially equal. Well, in Wisconsin, there's this other one, and maybe this is a northern Wisconsin thing, but they, uh, I have heard a couple of folks say, a horse apiece. And, and so, like, in context, I understood that when this person said this, he meant, um, you know, it doesn't matter which way you choose. You know, it, it's the same meaning as six of one, half a dozen the other. And so I, I was easily able to, like, insert a different phrase for that phrase in the sentence and understand it in context. But the, like, a horse apiece, like, a horse per person or a horse this direction, a horse that direction, like, it's just interesting. So that that one's kind of funny. Um, all right, so now, now we're getting kind of into some of the more, um, I guess, I guess you could say incorrect use of words or incorrect, incorrect again, incorrect pronunciations and things like that, but they don't seem to be regional. I'm not even sure these other ones, like hammock and Oregon are regional or even a scissors or appliers. I'm not sure if that's regional or not. I just never experienced it before there. So I'm not going to say that's regional, but these other ones, they kind of get me. So like, have you ever heard the term infer and imply? So these are two different words. And so I have, I have heard in several situations, like smart people have interchanged these words, but that's not correct. By, by the definition of the word, it wasn't correct. So again, I'm being prescriptive here, but I understand that this is the way that some people use them. So for instance, I could imply with my speech something. So like I could say, you know, like um, I'll use the example of, you know, when Valentine's Day is coming up and your girlfriend says, um, I don't, I don't want you to buy me anything, but if you did, I, I might want something like this. So that's, that's kind of an implication. That's not a very good example, but that's, you're implying that you do, you know, that, that woman does want you to buy something for Valentine's Day or get her something for Valentine's Day, right? So you are implying something, uh, without actually saying it. So you're, you're, you're being implicit rather than explicit. You're not saying, get me this. I want this. You're, you're implying it. You're being subtle about it. Okay. Now I then would infer, I would, you know, pick up the hint, if you will, is what infer refers to. But I have, I have heard people use the word infer when they mean to say imply. And so that one kind of gets me. Uh, so here's another one that I am definitely guilty of. I, I have to be very, um, very sensitive about my speech to make sure that I don't do this. And, and that is the word across. So, so many people, when you hear them, say the word across, they say it across and there's a T at the end or, or almost as if it's, if it's ends in ED, like you crossed the stream, right? Um, so that one I have to be sensitive of. So this next one, and then I'm going to add another one in here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say the one that I'm going to add since I don't have it written down. Um, frustrated. When people say frustrated, they're just totally skipping a letter. And that one, my mom does that one. And that one, has kind of thrown me off sometimes. And I, again, this seems to be common because it's, it's not localized to just my mom because I've heard other people say it. And I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, where did you get that from? Did you not, like, phonetically, it doesn't make any sense. Frustrated. There's an R right after the F. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Moving on from that one. Um, supposedly, right? 
with a B, supposedly. That, I've heard people say that also is, is not a word. It's not correct. Maybe at some point, just like the word unfriend has become a word, maybe supposedly will become a word. But as far as I know, it's supposedly. Like, it, it supposedly happened, not supposedly. So that one, that one doesn't make any sense. And then there is, I could care less. People say that all the time. And, and it, it's a subtle difference, and maybe you wouldn't even catch, um, but if you, if you ask somebody to repeat it back very slowly, you might catch it, but who's gonna do that in conversation? Just let it roll. But I notice that a lot of people say, I could care less. Like, I could care less what happens, right? Well then do it, care less. Like, stop caring so much. But what, they, what it seems as though they mean in context is, I could not care less what happens. Like, I don't care what happens. But that's not what they say. They say, I could care less, which, again, doesn't make any sense. And oftentimes, uh, in our native tongue, the couldn't, you know, the, the suffix, the NT, um, what, are, what do they call that, a conjunction or a, a, a contraction, maybe? I forget. What it basically means uh, could not, but you just add the NT. But anyway... The couldn't, the NT could be very subtle, so you might not hear it. But again, I do think I understand some people's vocabulary enough to know that they, that NT did not exist. So that's not right. Um, then there is um, espresso. So like referring to coffee beans or like espresso beans, but it's espresso beans. There is no X in the word espresso. It's, it's E-S, no X, espresso. So that one... That one gets me. So this next one is, um, next two actually, and one of them is a a name. So uh, that one's kind of a gray area. But this first one seems to be pretty obvious. If you sound this thing out phonetically, you shouldn't make this mistake, but a lot of people do. And I think it's just because people would just get into the habit of like letting things roll off their tongue. Like they have like, I think that a lot of times what happens after a long time of speaking a language is that you get used to the way syllables work like you have like thousands of syllables in your mind that you can just throw together to make a word and that's kind of like what happens and so like your mouth has this um muscle memory of the way that those those syllables come out of your mouth but the the word chipotle right that's the way it's spelled chipotle right but so many people say chipotle (laughs) <laughs> and you you are transposing the O in the L. Like, it, and it, it just, that one gets me. I've, I've definitely heard that. And I, I don't know if people are doing it on purpose, but um, definitely doing it wrong, from what I can tell. You're transposing letters. And as far as I know, most people would pronounce it Chipotle, right? I'm sorry, you are not transposing the O in the L. You are transposing the T in the L. I take that back. See, I'm just as bad. I'm just as bad. These things annoy me, but... I'm trying to be aware of them because they annoy me, so I don't want to make the same faux pas. So um, this next one, like I said, is a name, and this is, this is a football player. I have no idea what team that he plays for because I'm not a sporto, but um, uh, he's colloquially known as Brett Favre, but most of you will probably be like, oh, yeah, I know this one. Okay, so Brett, Brett Favre's last name is spelled F-A-V-R-E, V-R-E. The V comes before the R. It is not F-A-R-V-E. So to me, this is favre or favor, 
or just fave and just drop the R-E, whatever. It's a French pronunciation. But I don't know of any language where you, when you speak the word that is spelled, you transpose the consonant sounds from the way that they're spelled. That just doesn't make any sense. Like Chipotle, right? The L and the T are transposed. You didn't, no, you don't do that. So the Brett Favre thing, I honestly think that Brett Favre has just gotten tired of correcting people. And and so now he's just like, oh, screw it. You know, I'll just go by Brett Favre. So I don't know. That's just kind of my thought on it. But again, this is somebody's name. So whatever. Football. Okay, so here's here's some other ones. Um, this one, uh, irregardless. I don't have any strong feelings about this. Just just that it's not a word. So like when somebody says irregardless, it's kind of like saying dethaw. You know, you're just you're, you're negating the word that you mean. So you mean to say like you're thawing. You want to unfreeze something. You just say thaw, or you're. <laughs> unthawing. See, I did it right just then. I did it then. Okay. So you're thawing. You're unfreezing. But if you say de-thaw, you're, you're negating the thawing action. So that essentially means freezing. So the irregardless, um, the adding the extra IR at the beginning, you're not doing anything. It's just, it's just regardless. I don't know where the IR at the beginning comes from. Just like I don't know where I would be curious comes from. I, I don't know where that comes from. But so this next one is one that my buddy Cabron brought up. So Cabron, if you're listening, thanks for this one. Um, and this one I'd never really thought about because I didn't even know which was the word. So this is another thing, uh, but it's not a word that's in my typical bo- vocabulary. But um, you know the word genuine, right? And you know, if somebody is genuine, they are they are truthful, they are honest, they are forthcoming. Uh, they're not hiding anything with what they're saying or doing. They're they're genuine. That's just the way that they are, right? So there is a word, and it is uh, disingenuous, right? That is a word. That is a lot of contradictions. Dis, which usually means going against whatever follows it, and then in, which again generally means going against whatever is a follow it. So now we got double negative and then genuous, right? But as it turns out, um, genuine and ingenuous are kind of the same thing. And that's kind of like, maybe that's where like infamous and famous comes from, or like ingenious and genius comes from. Um, But so disingenuine is not a word, as far as I know. Again, this could be like unfriend. Maybe it'll become a word because people keep saying disingenuine instead of uh, disingenuous, but basically disingenuous means that you're being, you're kind of being facetious. You're, you're withholding information that you have, or you're, you're, you're maybe lying or you're just not being your whole self. Disingenuous is kind of, um, what that means. So that one's kind of an interesting one. Um, let's see here. I think, uh, I got a duplicate here. I have, I could care less twice. See, Bothers me so much. It's on there twice. It really doesn't bother me that much. So here's another one that um, our friend Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump likes to use and that I've actually noticed that uh, Josh, nope, sorry, Chuck on Stuff You Should Know, he does this. Um, 
when words start with H, he, he will usually include the Y sound, so the Y sound rather than the H sound. So like for instance, the word human or huge, he'll say human or huge, right? So it, it's gonna be huge. <laughs> people, a lot of people know that one. All right, so moving past that one, that one's just kind of an interesting one. I think that's just the way that some people move the mouth. And this next one is kind of the same thing. And I discovered this in high school um, with a, um, a friend of mine who happened to be a girl. So a, a girl friend. Um, anyway, she used to say turkey, like the word turkey, like gobble gobble, but with a ch at the beginning of it, turkey. And like I, I questioned her on it once. I was like, wait, hold on, back that up. Say that slowly. And she said, turkey. And I was like, whoa, you putting a ch sound on that, you know, spelled with a t, right? And uh, that's just the way that she said it. And it sounded, it seemed very weird for her to say turkey with a T. So that one, that one's kind of interesting. Um, just the way that people make sounds, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough, I guess, for whatever reason, the way that you learn it. Um, so um, some more interesting things. This one's kind of like a dialectic one. And um, they talked about this a little bit on Stuff You Should Know. They talk about... Um, the way that people say their letters, right? Generally, like I just did it, letters, right? The the T's in the word letter are, are, when I say them, they sound like a soft D versus if you were to be very prescriptive about the way that that is pronounced, it would be letter, right? So like, generally speaking, I don't say the word letter as letter unless somebody's like asking me to say it really slowly or I need to enunciate it for somebody on the end of the phone so that they know what word I'm trying to say. So that one's kind of um, an interesting one. The whole like soft D and uh, Chuck in Stuff You Should Know, he, he says the words uh, sentence and important. And so those like, again, they're just, it's a slight difference in the pronunciation. Like I say sentence, uh, but I don't say sentence, um, but when I say important, important, I say important, the T in the middle of important, so not the last T, but the important, I don't really pronounce that one, but when Chuck says it, he says important and sentence. So it's just, it's interesting where those D's, and the same goes like they, they, they record their shows in Atlanta, right? So I say Atlanta, most people don't say Atlanta. Or, or, you know, like, and I, and I noticed this again about some of the folks in uh, Wisconsin when I was there, but um, I noticed this among, amongst two guys specifically while I was there and not really among anybody else. And so oddly enough, those two guys, one of them was originally from Wisconsin, born and raised. Another was born and raised in California and only moved to Wisconsin like eight years prior. And so he'd lived in California for like, you know, 25 some odd years or something like that, or 20 some odd years before he moved to Wisconsin. So as far as I, I could tell, it was only those two that were very T-oriented in their, um, in the way that they said words. Like when you said, you're right, they would say, you're right, you know, and, and, and just the T came off very pronounced in everything that they say. So it's just interesting, just interesting. Um, uh, another thing is um, the mysterious they, you know, like when somebody, when somebody's talking about a group of people um, 
And it's not even like, it's assumed that it's, it's again, it's implied that it's a group of people. But like, they'll start a sentence with, um, you know, they're saying that uh, there's going to be a hurricane tomorrow. Well, who's they? What, who's, who's saying that? You know, and it's just like they say, it's just colloquially understood, you know, generally understood that the they that they're referring to is just, I don't know, somebody other than them, maybe some reputable source. You're not really sure, but it's probably something in the media or gossip or something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the, the mysterious they, that one's an interesting one. Um, then there's um, just uh, another phrase that kind of gets me. And I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess it's a phrase because it's not just one word, but when people say like, the city was all but destroyed by the volcano. Like, what does that mean? Like, why why, why wouldn't you just say, like, it was basically destroyed or it was 90% destroyed? Like, the, the whole all but destroyed thing can be am- ambiguous in some sentences. And it took me a while to figure out exactly what that meant, all but destroyed. Like, why wouldn't you just say, like, mostly destroyed? All but, it just seems... Seems imprecise. Seems kind of pointless to say something like that. So that was just a weird one. So this is a, the last one, and this is the one that like I catch myself on a lot. And uh, I think a lot of people, it almost seems as though they're trying to say very properly by saying like, "You and I," you know. And and and, and in some instances, the 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 phrase "you and I" makes sense, but. Um, so that's you and I, as in, you know, the two of us are going to go do something, right? But sometimes it is you and me. You and me, that phrase, is not always incorrect. So like in the instance where saying I by itself without having the you in front of it, so just like if you're, if you're referring to yourself and you're just saying I am going to do something, um that's when you use I. When it makes sense to use I singularly, that's when it makes sense to use I with you. So uh, you and I are going to go to the store, right? Because I would say that I'm going to go to the store, so that makes sense, right? But um, you wouldn't say you and me are going to go to the store because I wouldn't say that me is going to go to the store. But then um, if you say, like, are you talking to you and I? That doesn't make any sense because I wouldn't say, are you talking to I? I would say, are you talking to me, right? So that's that one's tough because like you have to like really be thinking about it as you're saying it. And I feel like a lot of people are because they're always replacing it with you and I. They're always replacing you and me with you and I. So now it seems like a lot of people just think that you and I is proper and they just use it for everything, but it's not. You know, it's 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 um, ungrammatical. So that's another one that uh, this is a bonus one for you folks. Um, grammatical is by itself correct. So like saying grammatically correct is redundant. You're basically saying it's correct twice. So if you say something is ungrammatic, that means that it's not correct. It's not grammatically correct. But again, saying not grammatically correct, I guess that makes sense. But um, anyway, again, that's a bonus one. So that's it. That's the end of my list. I'm I'm sure I have more. Pardon me burping up a storm over here, guys. Um, I'm sure that I have more. And again, I I consider myself a prescriptive language type of person because I try to adhere to 
the way that language is supposed to be spoken. But again, I do say things like sentence or important where I don't really pronounce the T. Oh, and here's another one. I just throw this one in here for my mother-in-law because it drives her crazy. And it's something that I've noticed. And it seems to be a West Coast thing. But when you omit the T sound completely, don't replace it with a soft E, um, it's almost as if there's like a pause or a hyphen in the middle of your word. Um, that one really gets my mother-in-law. And I maybe I'll take that back. It's not West Coast because I've, I've heard uh, folks from the Midwest say this too. But mountain or button, like there's a, there's a straight up like gap in the middle of that word uh, where there's just no T, there's no D, there's just no sound. And it's just like a, a pause, mountain, mountain. It's uh, that one's kind of a funny one. That one just seems seems crazy to me. But um, anyway, um, I just want to I'll go back to the top of my list here, basically, and and say that um, I I listened to several podcasts that had to do with this, and um, when I say several, I mean like three or four. And one of them was uh, from a woman's perspective. You know, um, there's a particular podcast that I listen to. It's called uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You. It's from the same makers as um, Stuff You Should Know, but it's hosted by two women. And they're talking about um, how a lot of women are basically persecuted for saying things, well, saying the word like a lot, which is something, again, that I try and avoid doing. Uh, they say the word like a lot, and then there's a whole vocal fry thing, which I, I can't say that I have my finger completely on vocal fry and what exactly that means. But my understanding of it is kind of like the Valley Girl speak, where like, I went to the store. You know, it's like that lazy speech. But again, this is like, this is how language evolves and uh, how people use it and then how it will just become new things. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of the way that like Australian English evolved from like British English. And, and um, I'm not really sure that I can make the same comparison to how like um, American English has evolved from British English because I think uh, American English, from what I heard in the latest podcast on accents, uh, American English actually, um, you know, American English that doesn't really have much of an accent. So like my English, for instance, um, the way that I say words, uh, I I pronounce words with an R full uh, accent. So when I use words with R's in them, I say the R, not like Boston, where they say like, I'm going to pack the car, you know, the R's is um, omitted almost, it's R less. But anyway, so the way that I speak is R full. And apparently, um, the way that the Brits spoke originally when we, uh, we broke away from them in uh, the revolution, right, uh, was, was closer to the way that uh, I speak, and, and a lot of other people speak now. So just it's was mind-blowing to um, uh, Chuck. Was it Chuck? Man, sometimes I have a hard time keeping those guys apart. It was mind-blowing to Josh. I'm sorry. Um, it was mind-blowing to Josh on Stuff You Should Know that uh, the way that we speak now is much closer to the way the, uh, the Brits spoke when we first broke away from them. And that just seems very interesting to me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't normally think that just based off of the like high-class British English that you hear nowadays. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, all right, so now we're um, we're several minutes into this. Uh, there are some parts that I got to cut out because I have some dead space, but we're approaching 
I don't know, 40 some odd minutes here. Um, and uh, I think this is good. Um, watching the sound bars here, I've definitely seen some spikes here and there. And again, I don't have a I don't have a pop filter or anything on this thing, so there are definitely some instantaneous spikes from like T sounds and um, tongue slaps, as Josh Dewey says. So uh, I, I don't think I'm going to do anything about that. Sorry, folks, but whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to put too much effort into editing this thing. So um, yeah, just putting my thoughts out there. Again, I'm I'm no expert on any of this. I'm just I express things as they come to me, and uh, hopefully. Uh, you might get some entertainment out of it and you think, oh man, yeah, that kind of bothers me too. Or that's interesting. I think, I don't know if I do that or not. I'm going to have to think about that the next time I do. But just, um, I'm recognizing differences in the world from me. And um, again, I do say that some of these things are my peeves, but some of these things are also just the way that the way that language is spoken in, in four different people. I'm not going to say different areas, but just four different people. And different is not necessarily bad. That's just the way it is. You know, it's just different. So um, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to try and be more open to that type of thing and, and not be such a crotchety old man. You know, I'm only 29. Man, I'm almost 30. I, I almost can't wait till I'm 30. Man, I feel like my, my personality will really just fit with being 30 and older. It'll just make sense. Um, all right. That's going to be it. I better sign off before I ramble on too longer, too much longer. So I think I kept on my list. I think uh, um, any tangents that I had, I think I I got back to the point. But again, this was just a list of things that um, I think are interesting about language. So future topics that are maybe more philosophical, I'll have to rein it in, make sure I keep uh, keep on message, as they say. So. Again, this is it. Oh, there's a little tongue slap for you. This is it for today, folks. Um, it's coming up on 1.40 p.m. for me, so I'm going to maybe go out in the garage and do some tinkering or something. And, um, yeah, wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a good day, a good time, um, good event, whatever it happens to be. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate you, and uh, I will catch you on the next one. Be good. Be good.